How's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I am here with a very special episode. It is not a Christmas special, but it is being released today on the eve of Christmas. Some say Christmas Eve, but I say the eve of whatever. Who cares? Because you're going to be listening to a really cool special episode with Jason Douglas. Hope you guys are having a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the episode. We are a proud member of the Geek Collective and Age of Radio Network. How's it going, everybody? This is Joey Galvez, and you are listening to the House of Indie Podcast. And this week, I have a very special guest. I have Jason Douglas on the line. How's it going, man? It is going well. Thank you very much for asking, and thank you very much for having me on. You're welcome, man. I brought you on because you got a new book that is coming from SourcePoint Press that is called Parallel. And this one is... I got to tell you, is a mind F. <laughs> and let's, it's, it's a really good one, though, man. When I, when I read this, I, was, I did not know what I was expecting. And when I got into it, I was like, okay, this is really cool. It's really good. Uh, number one, num- number one is because you got a forward in here from my favorite comic book creator, Casey Pierce, right? Uh, and yep. uh, and that, was, that was a really cool treat there. And what's awesome is, is, uh, this book is like in uh, gray tones, black and white. It's it's interesting, but like I said, it is definitely a mind trip. <laughs> so number yeah, one, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the book. Give us the log line, and let's get right into it. Well, I got I got to tell you this before we get into that. I got to be completely honest with you. Like I've I, I remember when 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 this idea popped into my head, like when I first started promoting the book, uh-huh. that and then it really turned out. I was like, it's, it's not a joke what I'm saying. This is really the truth. Casey's forward is worth the price of admission on this book in and of itself. <laughs> I mean, she's she's an unparalleled yeah. ta- talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's my friend. She's my mentor, and did me that great honor of of really writing a forward that that like will blow your socks off, right? Oh, I mean, it sets, it, it sets up the book in a way that that uh, I couldn't be more happy with. So, so right there, shout out to, to my friend and my mentor, Casey, for, for doing that for me, but uh, parallel. So parallels, parallel is a story that's been rolling around in my head for a long time. and has a bunch of different kind of um, gestation points and uh, uh, inflection points where, where, where it came into being. But what we've got is um, a sci-fi story uh, about about Landon and Landon is uh, is your your entry character who is pushing thirty years old and just like a lot of people is going through a quarter life crisis where the decisions he made to leave a lot of his dreams behind you know dreams deferred that yeah. many of us do yeah. when we still think that forever is in front of us you know in mm-hmm. our late teens early twenties yeah and he has settled just like a lot of people do right he has uh, made decisions um, that he have led to a kind of stagnant life and um, kind of you know wakes up as he's pushing thirty and realizes that he's not happy and he starts hearing voices. And uh, these voices are kind of suggesting him that there might be a second chance, right? That the, in his case, the music (laughs) dreams that he's left behind in most of our cases, whatever it is that we've left behind um, 
And uh, these voices start get louder and they turn into visions and there is an offer on the table. Uh, there is a, and the, the sci-fi construct of the book is there's another version of him out there who is offering this life that he would have led had he made different decisions. And uh, this can now be yours, Landon, if only you just, right? And then the big problem is that that if you only just is probably not all that <laughs> conducive to uh, mental and physical health for our Landon in the here and now. So, um, I mean, like, like it's basically like at its root it is an existential crisis book, oh, yeah. right? It's, it's that universal theme that so many people actually go through, which is, um, I have left my dreams behind for name your reason, right? Because right, I had right. to take this job to pay the bills because, uh, because uh, stagnation is easier than forward movement, right? It's mm -hmm. always easier to do nothing than something, right? You name yeah. your dream that you left behind, you name your reason for doing that. Um, and then where it gets kind of dark and fun is, is, you know, that thing that a lot of us contemplate, which is, you know, is, is there still time? right? Mm -hmm. To pursue my dream. Is there a second chance out there for me? Uh, Landon's comes in the form of something kind of dark and possibly menacing. You make the decision yeah. for yourself. <laughs> and then, and then the big question looming over the book is, uh, is it worth the price of admission? You know? Oh yeah. It, it is definitely all those things that you said, because when I was getting into this one, um, I, I, number one, I didn't know where this book was going. I kind of felt that, that they were giving me some stuff. You were giving me some stuff here. I was like, okay, what? The, and I was questioning myself, why are, why am I getting these flashbacks? Why am I getting these, these, uh, year by year plays playbook kind of things. And then all of a sudden the twist hits and, and, and yeah. it, and it hits hard. And I was like, all right. Now I understand it. It's giving me this this play by play of his life and where it could have been and what's been going on, and now this is where we are and this is what happened. What is going on with with Landon? I really want to know. Actually, I need to read on because this is crazy. Like, what a crazy story! So I need to know how how did you number one tackle something like this how did you get come to a, a, a conclusion of this is the story you want to write because this has got a lot of layers man yeah <laughs> yeah and and the, and its origin story kind of does too it, it's it's i mean the name of the book is parallel right and there's mm -hmm. there's allusions to that uh, on some of the first pages about the you know what that means as a geometric concept and what that means about you know how you live your life and the patterns you set right yeah, yeah. but like th there's a bit of irony in that uh, because the way this book became a real thing, I mean, outside even the physical construction of it and like how you get it to source point press and all of that aspect of it, just the, the, um, the impetus of the story comes from three different kind of directions. And the, the thing that probably is longest standing is my own existential dread, right? My own, um, I mean, if you look at like, I am not, I am not a spring chicken. Okay. I am, <laughs> I am old. I am older by a fairly you know, what you, however you feel about it, marginal chunk than even the character is. And here I am writing my first comic, you know, even though it has been a dream for a long, long time. So I'm, you know, I, again, I'm not landing, but like, just like I think most people in the world, we've gone through this at one oh, time yeah. or another where yeah. you're, where you're like, you know, where have the years gone? Where has my life gone? Why have I not accomplished the things that I, that, that seemed like such attainable dreams when I was 22? 
Um, so you know, I've been dealing with that for a long time. You know, I woke up every morning realizing that one day had moved closer to uh, a, a day where I wouldn't have a shot at these things that I thought I could do. So like that's always been simmering, right, as an idea. And that's, of course, the underlying theme of the entire book. Um, where the actual physical story of it came from with the, with the, the, the nice, very conducive to a, a fun comic book sci-fi, you know, construct around it, um, was, uh, was talking with another comic book fan, my, my, my buddy Pete, who I went to school with. And, and we were just talking about and completely, um, unrelated to, you know, my own kind of underlying uh, crisis of, uh, uh, of, you know, where I was in my life was just like the, uh, just talking about, you know, what comic book nerds talk about, which is, you know, Hey, what about parallel worlds? What about other yeah. versions of us out there? You know? Right. So then that's, that's kind of then in my brain at the same time. And then here's the best part. The best part was the actual, uh, the, the, the trigger, the, um, the, the, the thing that made this pop into a real solid idea, my brain and motivated me to literally start typing my first comic script was it came out of my day job. And I have been a public school teacher for 20 years. And I have, which means I've been doing that job long enough where I have former students who are now Landon's age and have, and are living that crisis right now. And it was actually real life conversations with a couple of them, um, you know, as they're approaching 30 themselves, uh, uh, having those same kind of questions that Landon is having right now in his life where they're pushing 30 and saying, what happened to that dream that I had, uh, at 22, where I was going to go to Chicago and I was going to dance, you know, I was going to go to New York and, and, and make art, you know what I mean? And it was actually right there, that actual conversation, it just clicked and all three things came together. And I took that, that, um, you know, that biggest of leap that, that somebody who wants to create something can take, which is actually to start typing. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's amazing. So uh, let's, let's kind of go back a little bit to, to that, to those conversations that you had with, with, with your students there. Uh, so, so diving into those conversations and then trying to use that and put it into the page, uh, how, how did you approach something like that? Because obviously it's a delicate situation where people kind of go through this thing. You obviously uh, um, you, you want to kind of convey this story in a matter of uh, of of a way that that people can understand it, where we all go through this. We all felt there. Right. We've all been there before. Right. Uh, I've been there. And, and maybe this is me right here. This podcast is me kind of, you know, I'm saying, Oh, I need to do something with it. So, uh, yeah. let's let, tell me how you did that. Well, well that's, I, I think, I think that's the great irony of that personal struggle, right? If whatever, whatever that existential crisis, whatever form that takes place in your life, right? Whether that is, whether that is just a malaise, whether that is depression, whether that is any kind of thought that is troubling to you, your version of it. I think the great irony is we go through it alone, right? And we struggle with it alone mm -hmm. and it feels very isolating to us, right? It feels like this is, this is, this is what I'm feeling and only me. And yet literally just about everybody else is going through something, so their version of it at the exact same time. Yeah, and we and and, we internalize and so, it, and we don't want to tell anybody right. about it, but we are all feeling these kinds of things. Yeah, it's such an isolating feeling, and yet it's it's. I think it's 
darn near close to a universal feeling that we have. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like this thing that connects everybody and we, we, we deal with it on our own. And thus, and, and I'll tell you what, um, I mean, I had to, when I was writing this, cause I wrote it in two halves. Okay. I literally wrote the first 32 pages in a vacuum um, because this was just me as a comic book fan, a lifelong comic book fan with a lifelong dream uh, putting that in motion. The second half of this book was, was written the, the, the last 32 pages to make this kind of nice, big fat 64 page, you know, mini graphic novel for you. That was written after I signed my contract with source point press. Oh, wow. That was after I knew Adam Ferris was on board as, as um, uh, uh, my artist and Bob Sally is my editor. So like that was, it was a different process. And, but like through even both of those chunks, there's, I'm, I'm doing like this big balancing act in my head about, about, you know, how do you, first of all, how do you write a comic script? Right. Cause it's my first one. I had written plays, I had published plays, but it's a different animal. I'm balancing that at the same time as, you, you know, you know, pacing and structure and the story I want to tell, which is coming at three different levels, right? It's, it's, it's the, it's the, the sci-fi tale. It's the, the actual emotional crisis that Landon is going through. Like all those things are happening at once. And then one of the things that I wanted to really, really, really make sure was an important piece of it was because, you know, if, if you set aside the sci-fi uh, construct, like this, like you said, this is a very real thing that people feel. And that's why there's a big mental health component to the book. That's why like, like there is, there's a positive, there's these positive scenes where Landon in the second half of the book is like getting help and, and the, the people he's talking to, you know, and, and it's a real re realistic reaction of, of, you know, there's some people who can't understand what he's talking about. And there's other people who are like, look, I'm not here to invalidate the fact that you're hearing voices and seeing visions. Like let's work through this. And I think one of my, one of, one of the, one of my big goals of the book was always like, like if you relate to it on that level and, and one of the messages you, if one person takes the message away that it's always better to, 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 to deal with whatever form your crisis is taking, um, with other people, like not alone, whether that's professional help or that's your family or that's your friends or anything. If like, if you can take that from this book at all, I, I consider it a big win. This, this is such a deep, deep, deep story. And this is your first book and for it to come yeah. right out of the gates so deep. Did you have any kind of fear that it would ever like get picked up or, or anything of that nature? Or did you just know I'm just going to do this and I know I'm just going to get it done. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's okay. So that, that's actually a really good question because like, like I said before, I wrote the first half in a bubble. I mean, there, there was no preconceived notion of how it would play out. Um, from a publishing standpoint, certainly it was, yeah. it was because I had, I had, I had to, to write the story. It was there. It was something I thought I wanted to do. The, the catalyst had happened. It was time to write it. So um, it wasn't until I got that first half written and that, that middle of the book kind of twist where, where I then I, I stopped for a minute and I took a breath and said, okay, th th this actually is a real thing that exists in the world right now if I want to take it the step further, like what, what comes next? And I didn't do a single lick of research about like, like how you self-publish or how you go to a publisher. Like that was just, it was literally the burn, the, the itch that needed to be scratched of this is the story that I got to tell and I, I'm compelled to do it. So I was kind of laser focused on that. Um, and then, and then like, 
I've been I've been told by my more experienced peers to be very careful <laughs> when you use the word lucky. Okay. Um, especially in indie comics, small press publishing, because you know, I, my instinct is to tell you right now that I got ridiculously lucky by taking that first half of the book and going to Motor City Comic Con a couple of years, a few years ago, and walking up to the Source Point booth because it's the first one that caught my eye because they've always got a gorgeous display. If you've never seen them at a at a um, at a con, you'll recognize them the first time you see them. And I got super lucky walking up to the first person I locked eyes with, which because there was this glorious red beard on him and it just happened to be Travis McIntyre, the <laughs> publisher and, and president and, and co-founder and editor in chief of source point. Um, and, and he liked the cut of my jib as he said, because I handed him, <laughs> check this out. I handed him, this is 21st century, by the way, I handed him literally uh, like a manila envelope folder file folder from my classroom filled with the script and the pitch and like some, you know, some, you know, little details and stuff like that and a cover letter and things like that. And he's like, are you trying to pitch me a comic in 1971? This is very <laughs> weird, but I'm intrigued. Let me read it tonight. Come back and see me at the con tomorrow. We'll talk again. And, and you know, my instinct is to tell you like, how lucky did I get? Right. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then my, my, as I said, my much more experienced peers now are like, you be careful with that word because especially in indie comics, dude, it's blood, sweat, and tears on a level that is just like mind blowing. And this is, I'm, and I, I don't want to even sell myself short. This was a lot of hard work and it was a very long process and, and everybody else involved with it, like worked their butt off. And, and the fact that, that this comic or any comic, much less an indie comic, much less a small press comic even exists in the world at all is, it's a minor miracle. And then again, that's dismissing it too. It's literally the, the, the passion and the hard work and the dedication of, of, of creators and the people on the business side uh, th that make the opportunity to put these stories out in the world and get it into people's hands and let them interpret it the way they want to. Because, you know, once it's out of the artist's hands, once it's out of the publisher's hands, it's yours to do with as you will. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I agree with, 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 your, with your peers saying, you know, it's not the luck of the draw kind of thing. Because you did. You It sounds like you put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this. You obviously thought put this is well thought out and you can tell that this story is very well thought out with that like because this is this has got so many layers and if any one of those layers is left out man it's gonna fall apart and, and this is just one of those stories that's just so deep it, it would fall apart if you just didn't if you didn't pay very close attention to and i didn't feel that here when i read this and I, and I only did read the equivalent to one issue, which is what, around 23 to 20, 30 pages. Yeah. So I, I only read that enough, that much because I want to get into this a little bit more later and read it for myself. Because when I'm when I find myself reading these books, when I'm doing interviews, I tend to kind of just read them quick and not enjoy them like I usually do when I'm enjoying a book for fun. So so uh, I want to kind of when they're a bigger book, I, I leave it to when I want to enjoy it. So um, anyway, but but my my next question was, you know, uh, how scary is that? You know, walking into a con like that, dropping number one, dropping something, your first attempt at something. Well, not attempt, but your first yeah. book. In, you know, that's well, like your, it feels like it's um, your life on the line kind of thing. I like, guess pun yes intended. And no. Yes and no. Like, like you're absolutely right. I, I was I was shaking like a leaf 
<laughs> when I did it, but I was also kind of cloaked in this, this, this brilliant, like, uh, uh, ignorance is bliss cocoon, right? Like I, I had, I had no frame of reference for how hard it is, how hard it was supposed to be, how the odds are stacked against you. Right. You know what I mean? So like, like there are so many things that I learned being a first time creator, at least of a comic book, there are so many things that I learned along the way that I, being completely honest with you probably would have scared me off earlier in the process. Had I known, oh, I do you bet. know what I mean? I like, yeah. like, when I, like, like that first set of notes that I got from the editor and I got way too precious for five minutes. Had I known that like, parts of my script would get torn apart for, for, for a couple of days. Uh, what I've started writing, maybe not. Do you know what I mean? Had I known, you know, how, how hard it would be and, and how long it would take and, and the process, like it, it, would that have been enough to deter me from, from sitting down and typing, you know, hitting, hitting tab that first time to get over to where the first, I don't know. Um, so I, I kind of was protected by this whole um, lack of frame of reference at the beginning. I'll tell you what, like I've, I've got this second project that, that I've got a first script for and stuff like that, that, that one scares me, um, that, that I'm very <laughs> passionate about. That one scares me even more because wow. now I know. Yeah. And yeah. like, if that, if that doesn't go or if that fell flat, like that would, that would crush me even more because I now know what it's like to, to, to put that effort in and what it can be and what it can't be. So, so actually that first time there's a little bit of like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna do this because I didn't know better. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I understand that completely, man. That's kind of where I am, I, and, and I've told my uh, tell my listeners all the time. I've got a couple of stories in my head, and I have no idea uh, how to approach this. I don't know. I've never seen a script for a comic book. How to how to do anything? So well, I'm just that, like, and, and that's it. That, that right there. That's like that's one of the things. So so one of the one of the one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this process the most is, is suddenly um, I am officially, you know, whether I realized it at the beginning or not, I'm officially on like on the other side of the table, right? Because I put something out into the world. And so like, like the, you know, th there's people I talk to now and, and they're asking me questions, the same kind of things that I used to ask of creators. And, and, um, and that's been a really fascinating process. And I love to do, and you know, I am not, I have not, I have not big timed a single person on Instagram. Like it, it's hilarious. Like you want to talk to me, I will talk your ear off. You, you know, that kind of thing where like when you reach out to somebody wh whose work you admire and you're, you're always kind of dancing on eggshells saying like, Oh God, I, I don't even know if you'll even get this or, you know, they write you back one line. You're like, Oh wow. They spared me time. There have been, there have been people who have been fans of parallel who literally tell me they've got to go because I keep on like, Oh yeah, I'll talk about, I'll talk to you all day. Let's go. Let's, let's keep, you know, I'll, I'll, they're like, I just got one question for you. And then I give them like a half an hour and they're like, okay, so I've got to go now. You can shut up. And, um, so I love that. And I'll tell you this, the greatest advice I've ever gotten. And the, the advice that I give anybody and everybody who's got that idea in their head, the greatest advice I ever got was actually from, from, uh, one of my favorite writers of all time, Neil Gaiman. Okay. The okay. writer of Sandman. Yeah. And I have met him. I've had the honor of meeting him a couple of times. And one time, uh, we were talking, uh, it was, it was long before this process. And, uh, actually one of his, his now adult daughters was, 
uh, at about the age of the, the grade level that I was teaching at the time. And we were talking all about education. We were talking about all about comics and books in the classroom. And, and it kind of danced around the idea of like, like creating. And, and he told me, he said, like, he said, the, the way you make a comic book is you write a comic book. The way you write a novel is you write a novel. And it sounded uh, never coming out of his mouth, but it sounds when you say that a bit flip. You know, it sounds a bit, uh, almost condescending, depending on how it's said, but it's true because if you don't do it, like, I can't, I can't promise you what happens when you write your first comic script, right? Like I, I have no idea what happens to your script. I have no idea if it's any good or not. I don't know what happens next, but what I can promise you, and basically what Neil was implying when he said it is, if you don't do it, what I can promise you is nothing is going to happen. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It won't exist in the world. It will never get out there because you haven't done it. And so really the first thing is you just do it. And there's always time after you write it to make it more uh, 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 conform to a comic script. There's always times to make it better or make it publishable, whatever it is. But if you don't do anything, nothing will happen. Yeah, I agree. Let's 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 take a quick break right here. And once we come back from the break, I want to get into your creative process a little bit and how you approach that that thing that is comic scripts and all that good stuff and outlines, all that crazy stuff that I have no idea about. Let's <laughs> let's get into that a little bit here after the break. Sounds good. All right, and we are back from a break and before we took the break, I'm here with Jason Douglas, creator of Parallel. And we're going to get into some deep conversation about uh, the creative process and how he approaches these things. So, Jason, I, I want to know a little bit about about how you approach a a script because you told me this is one of your you're the you've never done a, a comic book before. This is your first published comic book. How was it for you to learn the process of a script, and and how did you tackle that big crazy thing? So I had a, I had an advantage which also is a semi-handicap at the exact same time. And my advantage was this. I had, I had been writing uh, skits and plays for years before this okay. uh, for an elementary school drama club that I ran and for a middle school drama club that I ran and had the honor of even being published by one of the big play publishing companies in the country. And so like th- there's, there's some kind of know-how. And I'll tell you what, that's something that helped me motivate. That's, that's again, my ignorance is bliss thing that I told you about before. Like the, my, 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 I was like, Oh, well, if I can do that, right. I, <laughs> of course I can do this. Yeah. You know? Um, and so like on some level, you know, I've got that writing experience, but what I discovered was it's, it's a, the two types of scripts and the two types of ways you have to visualize as you're writing the script are just vastly different animals. Okay. And maybe on some gut level, I knew that because, you know, I've been reading comic books since I was a kid and, you know, I, 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 I wasn't the person who skipped over the back matter, you know, like you get that deluxe trade and it's got that, you know, issue one script in the back, right. Um, written by whoever. And, and I paid attention to that stuff, but I, I did my research. I, I think I mentioned earlier that like, the entire time, every, every page that I wrote of this, it's almost like there were like three or four different, um, forgive the, 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 the plug slash pun, but parallel kind of thought processes running in my brain at the same time, you know, part dialogue, part story, part pacing, part 
the physical structure of a comic book script. Forget the, 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 the panel layout structure of a comic book script. We're talking about like, where do you indent, right? Uh, what do you put in bold? What do you put in parentheses that, that determines the, the, the sound effect versus the, the, the caption versus the dialogue versus the thought balloon, you know, like all of that stuff that as readers of comic books, we kind of take for granted because it's magically on the page for us when we, when we get it off the shelf. And I had to learn all that. And so I, I did, I mean, it, it was the 21st century. So what did I do? I went online and I Googled it and I found a couple of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, scripts. And I think there's like this, there was like this how to uh, Fred Van Lenthe one that kind of became my blueprint of the physicality of what a, page, uh, a script page looks like. And that's kind of what I've followed since. So, you know, referring back to that, because it wasn't muscle memory, right? Like I could... I could have at the, the the point where I typed the title at the top of page one of parallel, I could have closed my eyes and given you uh, like started writing you a, a, um, a one act, you know, 35 minutes, a 60 minute play and, and knew exactly how that physically structured. Um, this wasn't muscle memory. So it was, it was like literally pausing between lines and pages and going back to the reference material and going, Oh yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got to hit enter three times now, you know? So you've got, you know, that is going in your brain, not separately, but concurrently with getting Landon says this next, right. And, and, and this character enters and, and the angle of, of, of this panel and the size of that panel, which is honestly more layers that you've got to consider when you're writing than I think any other type of writing. Um, because it's like, it, it's, it's the thing that I love about comic books. And one of the things that I really, really love about comic books is I think it's the most malleable medium as far as the stories you can tell. And I think it's also the most malleable medium because it does, it does what film does and it does what prose does, but also does a bunch of things that neither of them can do on their own. And which makes it magic, right? Which makes the, the ability to tell stories that, that you can tell in either other medium, but, but, but rarely, you know, both. So it, it's, it's kind of magical that way. But the drawback is from a creative standpoint, you're juggling a lot more balls in the air as you're creating it than I think any other kind of writing, certainly any other yeah. kind of writing that I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy for me to think <laughs> to tackle it but I, I like that you say that though a, a little bit ago when you were saying you know just do it just get out there and do it because if you're not going to do it it's not going to happen obviously right so, like if you've got a if you've got a story that is burning a hole in your brain like like you put it down on paper and, and you can you can do it the way i did it and 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 try to simultaneously structure it uh while you're telling it but like if if you put it down well, then tomorrow you can decide how that scene needs to be on, on a facing page or it needs to be a reveal on the next page. Or you've got to slow this down by making this panel bigger or less or more panels on a page because, you know, the, the pacing things come into comic books in the way it doesn't in prose. Like you could do that tomorrow if you wanted. You could do it all at once the way I tried to do it. But like, like we said, if, if you don't do it, well, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, so would that be the, the advice that you would give somebody that, that oh, is looking to do this? hundred percent. Okay. Because I mean, I mean, and that's the theme of the book too, right? Like, like if, if you don't do it today, 
well, then tomorrow is going to come and you haven't you haven't done it. And you are one day further away from a chance to to follow this dream that you've got. Right. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's creating a comic book. It doesn't matter if it's starting your podcast. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, going to Chicago and dancing like this, like one of my former students, like every day that goes by is a day you're not doing it. And if you wanted to do it yesterday and you didn't do it then, you don't do it today, you don't do it tomorrow, it's not like three days later you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I didn't really want to either. It's just going <laughs> to kind of eat away at you, and it becomes that quarter-life crisis, that midlife crisis, that existential dread that has the potential to drag you down. So so is that is that uh, uh, is it a good thing to say that, um, that your story of getting into the comic book industry is a parallel to this book? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a story about me. It's, it's a story about, I think all, all of us in a lot of ways, yeah. but like, but yeah, oh, of course, but, of in, a, course. but, but like, in a big way, your, your story that you're telling me right now, it, it very much feels like Landon's story. Well, obviously you, you, you did, yeah. you, you did it though. You're doing it though. And, but you, right. For sure. Well, for sure. I mean, like I said, it, it was definitely, it, it's it's the underlying motivating factor. I mean, it, it's something that I thought about. You know, not this story in particular, not not uh, getting this comic book or even a comic book necessarily even published. But like, yeah, I, I every day that I got older, before I did this thing that I knew I wanted to do, before it became real, yeah, it ate away at me. And so, regardless of how this would have turned out. Right. Um, and there's lots of twists. And, I mean, there's been a lot of twists and turns along the way. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I, like I said, I created the first half in a vacuum with with no with no expectation of what would happen next. Um, the process, because of my 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 ignorance of how the process works, especially in indie comics, for a while there, I felt like this is taking much longer than I thought it ever could have. Because, you know, I come from the fan side, which is like, yeah, yeah. Comics just show up every month. Right. <laughs> right? They just they're just there. Like, how, how hard could it be? You know, how long could it take? Um, and, and, and then, and then like the, the release of this book in particular, uh, you know, got very much derailed by the pandemic, right? I mean, I was supposed to have a straight up April release date where, uh, I had signings, I had, uh, signings and cons all lined up for like the next six, seven months. And, and, you know, the world changed. I mean, there's all these things along the way, but what I do know is that, because I took that leap, right? Um, th this happened. I it could have sold one copy, and I would have done this thing, you know. And, and there's some satisfaction in that, you know. Regardless of of what comes next, um, I, I, I took the risk. I followed the dream. I took the step forward that I had deferred and put off for so long, and thus that's that's not nothing. So I, I've got a question, and it might be shifting gears a little bit here, but but you 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 told me that you you took this to a con and you dropped it in somebody's lap. Yeah. So so obviously because of the pandemic, we don't have uh, cons right now. We don't have these crazy things going on. So and 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 who knows when they're going to come back? If they come right. back, who we hope they will. And, and but but how, how do you see like if I had a, had a story? How do you how would you see me being able to get that into somebody's hands? Is would it be easier, harder, more difficult? Would it be that thing now you can actually say if you get a, a book picked up right now in the during the pandemic, now that's the freaking luck of the draw because right. it's hard I think I, right now. I 
Yeah. I, I, so this comes back to something and I keep coming back to this, but this comes back to my lack of frame of reference to, to how the comic industry works or worked. And, um, when I was done with that first 32 pages, like the first thing that I did, I was like, okay, so, so, so what comes next? And the first thing I then researched was like, okay, so how do you submit to a publishing company? Right. And I actually, I actually, again, out of lack of knowledge, kind of circumvented how most comics get out in the world today, which is self-publishing, right? Whether that be uh, online or through a Kickstarter, uh, you know, um, I mean, that's the vast majority of, of sequential art that is in the world. Um, you know, that's the way it comes. I mean, we, we mostly see the big two, right. And then, and then if you take a level down and then you see your image and your dark horse, and then if you dig a little deeper, you see all your smaller indies, but like most, most comics that people make in the world come out, uh, independently, um, um, self-published and, and, and mostly online. Um, and I just didn't even, I didn't even look there. I was just like, okay, so here's the name of a company. Uh, do they take, do they take unsolicited submissions or not? And I'll tell you what, again, again, it was not a, it was not a friendly environment necessarily. Like I looked at, if I looked at, if I looked at 20 companies, web pages, 19 of them didn't take your unsolicited submission at all. And the few of them that did don't want your script. They want your art and maybe a pitch and you don't want to see my art. Um, so, so like I was kind of stuck there. So, so my next, my kind of archaic brain, Right. Like I, I'm the teacher. Well, I'm not ancient yet, but like I, I'm the teacher in the classroom who when they wanted to switch my my chalkboard to a whiteboard, I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow down with your technology. <laughs> I'm OK with the chalk. Do you know what I mean? And so so my next logical step was not self-publishing online. It was I'm going to print out <laughs> a copy of the first 32 pages of parallel. I'm going to print out my cover letter and, and my little, my little note card thing that I made. I'm going to put it in a, a, a manila folder from my classroom. and I'm going to physically take it to a con. So like, I'm not, I'm not saying that that is the typical or the um, <laughs> desired method of like how you do this. L- let's be honest, COVID or not, we have access to more art and creators and what they create than we ever have in the history of the planet and and creators themselves have more access to get to more people right as fractured as culture is because of the internet it also is a gateway that has never existed uh, for creative people before so like like uh, you know you write your thing you get somebody to draw it you can put it out in the world and it's never been easier um uh, b- because that that's just what the internet has done. I, I think I would agree with that. And, and, uh, and yeah, it, it, it may seem a lot harder, but, uh, but you, you see like Kickstarter, there is what three, mm-hmm. 300 plus, uh, comic books being created, uh, in the last few months and it, and it's been huge, huge, huge. Right. So, and, and I've noticed a lot more that these, these, uh, comic book companies are at least the independent companies are starting to notice more and more Kickstarter books, and they're picking up a lot yeah. more Kickstarter books. Like Scout has done that, and uh, I forget, maybe even Source Print. I don't know exactly for for sure for Source Print, mm-hmm. but I know that Scout has definitely picked up a, a ton of books that were Kickstarted before, and uh, and and they still are Kickstarting. Some of them are even starting off Kickstarting, and then they go move over to Scout. So. 
I I understand. I I know that it's easier for people to do that, but that Kickstarter is is a crazy thing all on its own too. So oh yeah yeah. Oh, when I say when I say easier, <laughs> I'm not lying, but it doesn't mean that it's easy, right? <laughs> like 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 I said if at that the makes top, sense. Man, like this is like had I known how hard this is this was going to be probably would have scared me off the whole thing and i would have been like oh, i'll just not yeah. do it again well i think um, i think we it should is not I, an easy process I th- exactly and i think we should say it, it we have more opportunities at our fingertips to get our work out there but it is right. is hard because you have to put in your hard work without getting paid and yes. I th- and i think that's more of what it, what i mean at least Agreed. Awesome, man. All right, we can talk all day long because you're easy to talk to, man. <laughs> I, we're gonna have to close it off, close it down here. But man, I, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me right here on the House of Indie. Please tell everybody where they can find you on social media, where they can grab your book, and all that good stuff, man. Plug away. Oh, I would love to. So uh, I am very easy to find on social media because I'm only in one spot. I am only on Instagram because I am an I'm an old teacher who uh, avoids it like the plague for the most part. But all you've got to do is head over to Instagram, and I'm at uh, eight uh, at uh, J Douglas Writes. So it's J for Jason, and then Douglas Writes. You come over and see me there. Give me a follow. Check out the content that's there. Um, I got a direct link on there to the last few copies of the variant cover of Parallel. Um, and like I told you earlier in the interview, uh, I will never big time anybody who wants to talk about anything or the book. You want to talk about Star Wars for 45 minutes? We will find some time to talk about Star Wars for 45 minutes. You want to talk about Stephen King books? Let's go. Uh, you want to talk about comics in general? You want to talk about the history of comics? I'm there. You want to talk about Parallel? I will talk to you until you're, you are done talking to me. I, you will be done talking to me before I'm done talking to you. Um, but come on over and give me a follow there. Uh, oh, good idea to get on board at my Instagram account uh, right now because... Um, we actually have, uh, coming up pretty soon, I'm going to be doing, um, a couple of giveaways. Uh, um, I'm going to do a, a signed copy of the, of the Adam Ferris cover of parallel. And then coming up after that is going to be a signed copy of one of the sold out variants, um, from state of comics here in Michigan. It says Donnie Darko variant is pretty, pretty stunning as a cover. And those don't exist in the world anymore. And I'm going to be giving one of those away. So, uh, at J Douglas writes, come and check me out over there. How do you get the book? Pretty easy. You can still walk into your local comic shop if that if that's safe for you to do, and you can still order it. We still have some copies over at SourcePoint, so you can go in there, and you can have your shop order it for you. Uh, the diamond order code is really easy to remember. It's just uh, it's just FEB20, 1983, the year that Return of the Jedi came out. That's how you keep that in your head. So FEB20, uh, 1983. If you can't get to a shop, or if for whatever reason your shop doesn't want your business, um, Head on over to sourcepointpress.com itself, and you can order one there. Their their uh, um, order wing is Oxide Media, and uh, and I sent you the link, so hopefully you can post that too. But like, there there's that, and then um, and then I've got a direct link to the last few copies of of one of the variants. But yeah, you just head over there, you get a copy, um, and then uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to get these days. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. We will definitely we'll talk some more, man. Because obviously, you could tell I am a huge Star Wars fan, uh, you know. So we got we got a lot to talk about, but we can't do it in this small amount of time. So we'll 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 talk some other time. We'll 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 uh, dig out a space for you, man. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, again, thank you again for hanging out with me, everybody. We'll see you later. Have a good time.
Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure to be on. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you for listening to The House of Indy. My name is Joey Galvez. I will see you later. Can you say The House of Indy? At the House of Indy.